Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show coming to you from somewhere in Alaska with John Quick, my co-host. I'm Suzanne Downing. It's really good to see you on a Thursday morning. And um, just uh, thought we'd do a quick recap of our election that we just had, which was the most unusual election, um, having a regular primary, but in a new style of primary, which is the open, open primary, the jungle primary ballot with all the names on one. Um, and then on the reverse side of the ballot, as y'all know, we had uh, a special general election so we can finally pick a, a person to fill in the seat for Don Young, who's not been with us since March 18th. And we haven't had a representative since March 18th since he died. And so, uh, John, uh, welcome to the show. Anything going on in Nikiski that we ought to know about? Is there uh, any tsunamis or earthquakes <laughs> or forest fires or, or like windstorms? Not much. I uh, I've been gone for about ten days and came back and it was raining. So that's a good thing. We've been we've wanted some rain out here in Nikiski for a while. It was sunny and seventy for the first couple months of summer. So it's nice to see some rain. The fireweed has all but gone. I just looked out my window. Yeah. And uh, but still beautiful. It's green as ever. Kids are back in school. Yep. And um, you know my we went yesterday. I went yesterday to pick up my kids. I got two kids in middle school now, which man, I didn't think that would ever happen this quickly. And um, it was fun to go to school to pick them up. You know, we're still cool enough parents to be able to show up to school and them not have run the other way. So it was fun catching up with the teachers and some friends and whatever. We're we're pretty blessed out here in Nikiski. We've got great teachers and great principals and um, live where live at the end of the road where we tell people nobody else should live. So we kind of got a blessed life out here. Yeah, and I see that your representative out there got 100% of the votes, Ben Carpenter. Yeah, Mr. Ben Carpenter. <laughs> Mr. 100%. Yeah, he's, uh, you know, he's very well liked out here. Uh-huh. Um, he has been a guy that has done exactly what he said he was going to do, voted exactly how he said he was going to vote. People can call him and he'll answer the phone. And he's just a normal guy that his trusted has got, he's principled, he's grounded. He um, has got a, you know, if I could define Ben Carpenter with one word, it would be integrity. And I think that just goes to show you that the other side was like, we're not even going to throw anybody up against this guy because he is, his high, his positives are so good out here that it's, it wouldn't even be worth their time. Waste, waste of time for the Democrats to try to run anybody against him either as a Democrat or as one of these um, in-name-only Republicans that they, they tried that in the past. And, and yes, uh, Representative Ben Carpenter is one of the most fundamentally decent human beings I've ever met. He is such a good guy. And, he, and I remember meeting him here for the first time before he ran and sat down with him at a restaurant in Anchorage and heard all about his story and was impressed then. And I've only become more impressed as the years goes on. And let me tell you, that's not always the case once people get into politics and go to Juneau, because something in the water down there in Juneau is just like the politicians start just believing their own press releases. But he's not like that. He's a 
is a really good person anyway. He he won his uh, his primary campaign with 100% of the vote, and that means in November he'll win his general election with 100% of the vote as well. So well, I thought we would go through a little bit of these. Um, you know, we only have a half hour today, I know, but but we had an interesting election. We had the House race for the special the special general, and right now it looks to me like. Um, like Mary Peltola is in the lead, but we're waiting for all the votes to come in. And basically we have to wait for those overseas ballots to come in. And because of this ranked choice voting, sorry about that. I'll turn off my phone. The president calling. <laughs> well, actually that was, that was Dan Sullivan's office. calling. Oh, nice. So you know, Hi, all y'all over there in, in Senator Sullivan's office. I'll give you a call back. Um, so right now it looks like Mary Peltola is in the lead for uh, for filling in the Don Young seat. Now she's a Democrat. Here we are, a state that voted 53% for Donald Trump two years ago. And right now our leading candidate appears to be a Democrat for Congress. What has happened? Yeah, it's crazy. It's, um, you know, uh, when Sarah Palin, you know, picks up Nick's uh, second place votes, you know, the folks that voted for Nick first, probably a lot of them did vote for Sarah second, because that was the name of the game for the people that were, you know, going to vote for Nick. Nick was nice enough to, you know, tell people that uh, ranking red was a good strategy. And, you know, when Sarah picks up a win because Nick's uh, folks voted for Sarah second place, Giotto, Nick, a, a, a little bit of gratitude. And that has been nothing, you know, unfortunately, nothing to nothing like that has ever happened in the Sarah camp. Their main points against Nick is he's mean to, you know, he's got attack ads and stuff like that. It's never <laughs> policy stuff. And if you look at all of her bots on Facebook, it's always, you know, people are so mean to her family. That's the difference between her and Nick. It's never policy stuff. And man, I just think that, you know, the MO for the Sarah camp was not to rank red. Do not pick anybody except for Sarah. And the MO for the Nick camp seemed like do whatever you want. Nick's, yeah. you know, rank red is kind of the best strategy, but we're not going to tell you what to do like Sarah camp's telling you what to do. And yeah. because, yeah. because of Nick's, Nick's camps, uh, you know, uh, humility and being able to vote, from, vote for somebody second, Sarah may end up winning this thing. Well, so when, with Nick, he was asked by many members of the media, who are, are you going to rank? Who are you going to rank second? And he has said he would rank Sarah Palin second because he's going to want a Republican in there. And uh, he, he said that and she has basically said she wasn't going to rank anybody. But then the New York Times reporter was embedded in the Mary Peltola election watch party down at one of the local breweries. And Mary Peltola told her that Sarah Palin said she would vote for her second. So maybe in November, that's what Sarah Palin will do. We'll vote for Mary Peltola second on the ranked choice ballot because, of course, election night party, that's after the election is over. So in, in this sense, we've got Mary Peltola going from 10% in the June 11th primary to 38% of the special general election. That is an incredible showing for somebody who had almost no money, no name ID, there were a lot of other Democrats on the on the June 11th ballot. And here you have somebody who basically, she, this is her third last name. So she married Sattler and married somebody before that. And 
now she's a Mary Peltola. So people who knew her when she was Mary Sattler in the House of Representatives, I mean, that's kind of an easy thing to forget. Like who's Peltola? Oh, that's Sattler. Uh, there's a lot of hurdles for her. Also being from Bethel, that's a hurdle because she's just not swimming in the mainstream. But she's a Democrat. And, uh, and with a state that has uh, 79,000 registered Democrats, she got 58,689 votes. Now, all the Democrats didn't vote. We know that. That is an incredible out, uh, outcome for Mary Peltola um, in, this, in this election. And she should feel very encouraged by it. Now, again, though, like you pointed out, Nick Begich is coming in third. It looks like his uh, his name will be eliminated and they'll peel off that third, that that vote, throw that one out. And who did that voter vote for next? And I'm going to guess that 50 percent of his voters picked somebody else. Some of us didn't. Some of us just bullet voted because we're not uh, we're not buying into this ranked choice business. But. Uh, the Republican Party was telling people to rank the red and don't mark don't mark Peltola. So some people did rank Sarah Palin and she's going to need about um, well, it looks to me like at about 10,000 votes to overcome Mary Peltola with those second place Nick votes. So Sarah Palin, who has been a critic of ranked choice voting, as have I, I'm a, I'm a critic of it as well. She's going to benefit from ranked choice voting because she's going to get all those, those second place votes. Now, there may be about 10% of the baggage votes will then go to Peltola as well. I, I don't think quite as many, but there will be a certain number that just are anti-Palin. They're never going to vote for Palin no matter what. So hey, I'm, I'm actually predicting that we're going to have Sarah Palin as our next congressperson. And she she was on the Steve Bannon show the other day, and she said she wanted to be referred to as a congressman. So the congressman Palin. And I'm sorry, did I just see you roll your eyes? Well, she's not a congressman yet. So, um, you know, and it'd be nice for her to do some shows in Alaska. I think for somebody that touts themselves as knowing Alaska, being local, all this kind of stuff. Um, you're never on any shows in Alaska, so it would be nice. You don't need to be on our show, be on other people's shows even, but spend some time in Alaska on shows that are in Alaska. Um, I think that that would do well for you, for the folks that didn't vote for you. Eventually, if you do become our congresswoman or man or however you'd like to put it, um, you're going to need to start talking to folks that also didn't vote for you. You know, I did... I know that Suzanne, you did not rank. I did rank, so you know you can. Uh, uh, so attribute. basically, she, so she can count you as one of her voters now. Yeah, yeah. So I, uh, I just think it's going to be a good idea to, you know, spend some time with folks in Alaska. That's what Nick did really well. He went in the trenches of Alaska and just has spent the last year getting to know everybody from Barrow to Sidka. And not not showing up on, you know, the War Room or Fox News uh, primetime TV. He showed up to community meetings, you know, uh, uh, community engagements. And I think that there's still um, something to be learned by that. And I hope that uh, former Governor Sarah Palin picks up on some of that because it's not all showboat fame, high, you know, high flying kind of stuff. We need just normal everyday folks. And we need some of that with our congressperson. 
Yeah. Well, that was one thing that Don Young did very well. Don Young was really a people person. He loved uh, it was you know, he had a big personality and in some ways you could say, well, it was it was all about Don Young. Well, he, he was a, just he just loved being out there with Alaskans. And he was always at every event, every event he could be at. He was in in the public eye a lot up until about the last three or four years when he started getting a little tired and he, he didn't go to as many events. And he, he just sort of was phoning in a little bit more. But you got to say the guy was 88 years old. So it was just what it was. So with Palin, she's got plenty of energy. She should spend some of it here and not all of it in Texas and Florida and Minnesota because um, she will want to be representing the people of Alaska. Now, with Nick Begich, he, he can go on and he, he is on the November ballot. So is Mary Peltola. And so are a whole bunch of other people. So there's like 22 people on that ballot. And we did see the results from that as well. So when you have that many people on the ballot, you just don't see the, the same result as you do when you have three people on the ballot. So Sarah Palin will, will move forward as the incumbent, I believe. Now, it's possible that Peltola will. It's, it's possible. But I think we'll probably see Palin. And then um, in November, she'll have to defend that seat. The fourth person on the ballot for November will be Tara Sweeney. So we'll have Sarah Palin, Nick Begich. Um, Mary Peltola and Tara Sweeney. Tara Sweeney, native from the North Slope, native from um, Ukjavik, and she she got on the ballot. This is what's so stupid about ranked choice voting. With 3.69% of the vote, you can get on the final ballot in Alaska because ranked choice voting really is, is kind of dumb. And so Sarah Palin got, got, will get on the final ballot with 31% of the vote, which is about what she got in her primary for a special election. Um, Nick Begich got about 27% of the vote and Mary Peltola, 35. So, you know, that's pretty even split going into November. But let me tell you, she, uh, Palin's got a huge advantage here because when you're the incumbent, you get all the national attention. And we know that she can raise a ton of money, $5 at a time from people all over the country that yep. will be, you know, pitch into her campaign because they love Sarah Palin from the villages, Florida, and from, you know, Cyprus, Texas, wherever people will donate to her campaign. And so she's going to have a, a significant advantage. Yeah. It's, I think it's going to be, if she's going to be the incumbent, it's going to be basically impossible for anybody to defeat her, in my opinion. Well, she can, you know, she'll have some time to do some silly things. I mean, she, she'll have some time to to develop a, a bit of a record. Uh, there will be two weeks in in September when this, the House will go into session. And then but this is according to whatever Nancy Pelosi wants to do. There are also two weeks in October. I believe Nancy Pelosi will let everybody out for October. They will have no sessions in October because she she's going to try to go and save as many seats as she can. It's not looking good for her. No. But she's got to, she's she's got to let her incumbents go out there and, and fight as best they can. So really, we're really talking about Sarah Palin going back and just getting her office organized and then coming back and campaigning if that's what she chooses to do or make some more Instagrams. Because most of her campaigning has really been Instagram and TikTok. It's just very odd. It's the oddest campaign I've ever seen. Well, uh, you know, it's it's one of those things where I think both parties probably lived and learned how this ranked choice voting thing practically yeah. plays out during an election cycle. And I've ha I have some key takeaways myself that, you know, I didn't I wouldn't have learned had we not been in the thick of it. And so um, 
it'll be interesting to see next time we have a bunch of people on the ballot during ranked choice voting. I think folks, people's strategies is, in terms of party strategies will probably be different than this time around. Let's talk about the governor's race. So um, by the way, we have uh, 98% of precincts have reported now. So we're now really just waiting for a couple of minor precincts. Those are usually ones out in very rural Alaska. So they will tend to go blue. And uh, we don't know how well ballot security is managed out in those places. It's usually very bad. But, uh, but with most of the vote in, we're just waiting for absentees and we're waiting for the overseas ballots basically to be counted as well. But so far, the turnout has been 26%. I believe that with the absentees, that'll boost it up to, you know, 27, 28% turnout. And right now it's uh, 157,000 and change have voted. So um, it's not a bad turnout really for an in-person primary in the middle of summer when fishing season is on. And we saw that that Governor Dunleavy and Nancy Dahlstrom had uh, 64,000 and change votes for almost 42%. And uh, that is the, the power of the incumbency. Again, he hasn't really campaigned at all. This is just him being governor. He hasn't started to campaign. He, he's, there's 10 different teams on the ballot. Now, remember, with ranked choice voting, you don't go ahead separately, governor and lieutenant governor candidates. You combine like a president picks a vice presidential nominee. Um, so that's actually pretty good. Uh, 42% is is not bad. Les Guerra and Jessica Cook, the Democrats, they have 22% of the vote. And so that's stands, that's right about how many Alaskans are registered as Democrats, about 25%. So they've got uh, a pretty good, they've got all the Democrat votes. And then you have um, Bill Walker and and Heidi Dragas um, at 22% of the vote as well. So those two are trading votes. Now they're running parallel. Bill Walker and Les Guerra are running tandem so that I'll vote, I'll have my people vote for you. You have your people vote for me. We'll share votes and whoever wins, you know, wins. So you've got 22% plus 22% at this point. You're still at only 44%. Whereas you've got uh, Governor Dunleavy and he will pick up a lot of the other votes, the libertarian votes, he'll pick up um, some of Charlie Pierce's votes, uh, Bruce Walden's votes, and uh, some, of Chris, some of Chris Kirker's people will come out. And so he's going to be able to get to that 50 plus one, which is the magic number that you need in ranked choice voting, is 50 plus one of the final count. And so we won't, of course, know that until, um, well, this is what's so crazy about this, John, is the, the election is November 8th. You have to wait two weeks to get all the absentee ballots in before you can do the second count. So you're into the third week of uh, 24th of November, which is Thanksgiving. The person is sworn in like December 1. They have to produce their budget to the legislature by December 15th. I mean, it is, and, and that's, that's assuming there's no lawsuits, right? Or no recounts or no litigation over it in some way. So you this rank choice has really forced us to not really know who the governor will be. And then the, the governor coming in is absolutely caught flat footed. You have four, you have four hours to produce a budget. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Basically it's, it's, it's nutty. It's, it's not a, not a, a good way to govern, but kind of that's what we're up against. But right now um, it looks to me like if I were in the Walker drag ass, um, camp, I would be really, really upset with this result because they've, they've raised a lot of money. They've 
spent a lot of money. But for the next three months, we're going to see in uh, the rest of September and October, the next month and a half, at least, we're going to see them just absolutely pounding away on Governor Walker, on Governor Dunleavy, making his um, governorship look like it's not worth repeating. And so you'll see Guerra and you'll see Walker joining forces to beat up on the governor. It's just going to be a interesting fest. So for folks that are walks, watching, listening, uh, that are conservatives, the other team is going to want to, they're going to want to have the Pierce camp and the Dunleavy camp hate each other. That's what they're going to want to try to do because they're not going to want you to rank red. And so if you are a conservative, I want to implore you to rank red on this race because we have to make sure that somebody on our team wins. That's the only possible way to, to, uh, to really make sure that happens. And so the other team, you know, they're going to try to outsmart us like they normally do and watch us fight amongst ourselves and, you know, why they want to ride off into victory. So make sure, uh, you know, consider ranking red on this particular race. It's going to be very important for folks that are going to vote for Pierce first to consider ranking red and for folks that are, you know, um, not so much folks that are, you know, having Dunleavy first, but, you know, very very specifically and especially for those Pierce folks to make sure that you consider ranking red. So I know we're running short on time, but we haven't talked about the U.S. Senate race. So Lisa Murkowski, she's now at 68,800 votes, 44% of the vote. That is exactly what she won her reelection campaign with in 2016, was 44% of the overall vote. So she's still sort of capped at 44 in a way. And, and that might look like a good outcome because she is the leader and she did get the, she did get more votes than anybody else on the ballot uh, in these statewide races. But it's still got to be concerning to her because uh, this unknown Kelly Chewbacca, who just came out of nowhere, she's at 40 percent. So she's only four points behind her. And uh, Kelly Chewbacca can pick up some of the like the libertarian votes. She can pick up some of these other votes that of Republicans that ran if people rank her. And uh, she does have a pathway to win to get to 50 plus one. And so does Lisa Murkowski, quite honestly. She's going to pick up the Democrat votes from Pat Chesbro. But Pat Chesbro, interestingly enough, only got 6% of the votes. Here for uh, the, the Democrats, uh, that's their candidate. They said, vote for Chesbro. She's our candidate. But let me tell you, this was a big rescue mission that the Democrats went in to rescue Lisa Murkowski. And they did not listen to what the Democratic Party said. They knew they had to protect their, their, um, their candidate, which is Lisa Murkowski. And in fact, a national Democrat group called Protect Our Vote sent out, flyer, sent out flyers and sent out uh, emails to Democrats all over the state saying, look, everybody knows Chesbro's not going to win. We have to protect Murkowski. Make sure you vote for Murkowski. So this Democrat group completely overrode the message from the Alaska Democratic Party, which is over here parroting, don't, don't forget to vote for Chesbro. And then the national group saying, yeah, got to vote for Murkowski. And you can see that they did. They came in um, by the tens of thousands to help her out. So that's an interesting race to watch. And, and there's going to be so much more to talk about. We'll do the show again on, I'll do the show again on Monday. We'll pick up from where we left off. Sounds good. I'm excited for it. And, uh, you know, for uh, people that are listening and maybe you forgot to vote, uh, you know, you're going to have another chance uh, during the uh, general election. So even if you forgot to vote, maybe you 
you know, you're juggling kids' soccer practices and kids just starting school and, you know, 10 other things, you know, don't feel bad about it. Don't beat yourself up. You're, you're going to have another chance to vote here in November. Well, very good. So I guess that's that's our show for today. And I, and John, I know you got a bunch of really great stats uh, from, from our Facebook page. Do you want to just tell me what the stats are again so that I can just just uh, have start out my day in the right foot? Yeah, so for a year to date this year, we're, we've reached about 22 million people on Facebook and, you know, folks that are like, what does that mean? What, you know, we get people in the comments. That's, that's people reach. So our impressions are probably four or five times that, but that's uh, 21 million actual people reached, which is pretty awesome because of folks like you that are listening, reading and watching our stuff. And that's up 400% uh, year to date uh, compared to the last year, 2021, same cycle. So um, we must read Alaska. This seems to grow every month. Um, you know, every month, Suzanne, you and I are talking about, I can't believe this post or that post or whatever is reaching this amount of people. And uh, it's pretty awesome to see it grow. And it, it grows because of folks that are reading, watching and listening. We spend very little money on ads and it's 90, 90% all organic reach. So it's pretty exciting. Well, if you're if you're watching us today, thank you so much. If you're listening on Spotify or, or Pandora or Google Play, anything else. Thank you so much for listening to our show. Uh, and now, are you going to do a show tomorrow, Scott? Um, I believe I'm going to. We'll okay. see. It's, um, I'm still up in the air, but uh, most likely, yes. Well, you've been out of town for a number of days. You might have some uh, family honeydew list to get caught up on. But if not, then we'll see you on Monday. And thanks, everybody, for tuning into the Must Read Alaska show. If you like this show, make sure to you know like it, share it, and comment on it. We appreciate it. I know that you can give stars to things. Please give stars. And also go on our, on our website. Lots and lots of election news, lots of political news, and, and there'll be a lot more stories today and tomorrow uh, about our recent elections. So until Monday, I'm signing off from somewhere in Alaska. Have a great day.